don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. But the, the thing you have to do is show up every day. Every day you have an opportunity and every, it's almost like a window in the, in New York city, in the front, in, in like the tra- like heart of New York city where people are walking by and thousands of people are going to walk by every morning. Imagine being a shopkeeper who doesn't open your doors and doesn't put, can I cuss on this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't put stuff in your window. <laughs> Someone who doesn't put stuff in the window and just lets like a hundred thousand people walk by and drive by that day. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. So welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always here with Mr. John Jones. And we have an awesome special guest today, a uh, longtime business partner, someone I would also call a friend, uh, Mr. Aaron Luden. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on here. So, dude, you wear a lot of hats, right? When I first met you, dude, you were slinging Cutco. Um, we were doing a lot of events together. That's how we got to know each other. Um, but man, your empire has grown into a lot of different things over the years. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. Uh, well, I basically, I own a few businesses that work with the real estate field. And so that's really like where it all overlaps is that I got my start selling cut coat knives through college. And that kind of parlayed into that parlayed into selling branded Cutco is a closing gift to real estate agents. And um, speaking all, you know, at all the meetings, that's where we overlapped. Mm-hmm. But today, uh, that experience of like the salesmanship, being in the business world, having the degree in marketing, my master's in sales management. So like all of my background is in the speaking, marketing, selling, doing stuff. But my actual experience is selling kitchen knives or <laughs> literally selling branded stuff to realtors. So um, kind of merging all those together, I now run a few different businesses that essentially work directly with real estate agents or they support the people who sell to real estate agents like lenders, title, mortgage, and whatnot. Yeah, sure. So you're still doing Cutco. You also uh, do sort of, you sort know, of. I'm okay. not, I don't, I'm not actively out there selling Cutco anymore, okay. uh, I, but I have it. I like to say I'm retired, but I still turn in a solid amount of orders compared to like the average rep in the Orlando office. I'll okay. probably still be number, you know, I don't know, two, three, four for the year. But um, but that comes from having a team that is out and about. And so I have teams now that manage the businesses that I used to run. And um, I stay kind of in my lane with growing uh, the real producers and whatnot. Okay. So you also do Orlando branding still, right? Yep. Yep. And, and, that, and yeah, that's... We still, it's the same team that sells closing gifts. They are okay. full, we've become a full service branding promotional company. Okay. So Orlando branding is actually the team name and we can brand anything. So it, we got our start branding Cutco knives, but now that same rep can brand, you know, polos, pens, notepads. I mean, our specialty is like, you'll see stuff all behind me that's all branded. You know, there's a speaker. Oh, you probably won't yeah. see it if you're taking the editing out. But the idea is that um, there's a whole bunch of branded stuff that we can do. And I'm not really active again in that. I'm really focused on real producers, which is how we bring together the top agents in different markets through social, digital, and print. Cool. So tell us a little bit about Orlando Real Producers. I, I know it's a magazine, but you guys are doing a lot more with it than that. Yeah. So what we do is we, like I was sort of saying, not to like use the same term out, but we bring people together through social events, uh, a, a physical publication that's print, and then uh, digital, which can be anything digital. It could be basically like anything online. So that's social media, that's private 
uh, communities on Facebook and on other platforms. And that could also be like how we pump our messages out. So when we tell someone's story, we feature them, we do video, we do photography, we tell the story in text, whatever, and we're pumping it out on our Instagram and our YouTube and those types of things to the, the elite people that follow us. We're never, we're not a mass marketing uh, product. We just go straight to the top performers in each local real estate market. So in Orlando, we go to the top 500 agents, but we're now in 109 markets and my team's involved in a couple different franchises. And uh, each market we go to either the top 300 or 500 agents. Cool. So curious to, to be a top 500 agent now in Orlando, what's that volume look like for an agent? Right now in Orlando, it's about 8 million. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. After, after last year, it's about 8 million. It really varies. It's usually, at, I want to say our first year was at least six and a half. Okay. So it's always been six and a half and up. I'm not sure if it's ever went down to be honest, but um, some years it goes up by more than other years. And to be fair, new construction is not always, not always logged. So the truth is number 750 that, that misses the list by 200 something spots is usually negligibly close to not to the last place person. If it went to the top 750 or the top 500, there's about 200 people that could have not entered their new construction yep. or have a business partner or do it by themselves versus someone put two people in one name or they're a married couple that each gets half you know, each gets half the credit and they did 4 million each, but they really did eight or something like yeah. that. These are intricacies that, you know, they happen. Yeah. Yeah. Man, one of the things I love that you do with this, um, this opportunity is, man, you put on and add a ton of value to real estate agents, right? Tell, can you tell us a little bit about like some of the events that you're doing and, um, you know, what, just coming from the perspective of you're just, you're just trying to help agents be better. Yeah, we're trying to help agents be better, but we're really like the biggest thing that we're trying to do is help build better relationships among agents. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy being a part of trying to help the agents be better, but that's not as much my role. My role really is about helping be a connector, helping bring people together to build better connections, to build better relationships with each other and to build better relationships with the vendor community. So really for vendors, like I don't even deliver the end result. My gut job is to, for example, help Van Dyke Mortgage build better relationships with the top producing agents. What's done with those relationships and how that's done really sometimes falls outside of my scope. Up to us, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so really my job is to, to, to influence the relationships in the real estate world. Now we've over time created a mastermind where we can also help educate the agents. And that's like a passion of mine. And we're, we open that to all agents outside the top you know, the top 500 as well, but really like the bread and butter of what I do here and elsewhere is really just being a connector and helping build bridges between people and between people and the vendors. Yeah. All right, cool, man. So what we really wanted to chat with you about today was social media. I, I dude, I, I will say that you probably have one of the best social media games um, that I have seen. Can you talk you. to us a little bit? So talk to us from the framework of, Hey, I'm, I'm in sales. I know I need to get involved in social media, but I'm not really sure what to do first. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, years ago, people the, the problem was people didn't know, right? Like when I was just, this comes from selling Cutco, right? When I was selling Cutco about eight, nine years ago, there was only a few, there were only a few of us that cared at all about social media. People were like, my clients aren't on there. I don't know how to get to them. And there was a guy in St. Louis who's still one of the very top reps 
in the company all time and he's huge with social media now and once in a while we talk about how funny it is that he'll sell hundreds of thousands of dollars through social media but eight years ago people thought he was wasting his time and so that's kind of where i'm at too in the very beginning of real producers all the other real producers they come from print magazines they come from print backgrounds and they're used to putting things in print they had no to, and worse they're used to doing it in neighborhoods that don't want that, that want to be private they might not want you know their children in the uh, in, on a website or yeah. their son is a student athlete of the month or those types of things so sure. um i've always been of the belief that uh everything's all about who how many people know like and trust you and we only get so many opportunities physically in person to move that needle and unless you're playing on the highest scale where you're standing on like a stage every day mm-hmm. you will are not moving that many different relationships at one point in time that often and so social media has always been an opportunity to get on that stage daily so when you think about it like think about right now or anyone watching this think about like is there not someone in your life that you see regularly on social media that 10 years ago whatever their relationship to you is would have been completely unimportant you would have never noticed maybe it's your long guy maybe it's like some person you met seven years ago at a meeting one time, but you see them all the time on social. So like one, I always try to be that person <laughs> for others, but also um, it's the realization that our network can only grow as much as we're exposed to it. And social media lets us amplify that. So like in the class that we're teaching September 8th, for example, we're teaching about, there's this thing called Dunn's number. Have you ever heard of Dunn's number? No. Nope. It basically says that the average human can only maintain about 150 relationships at once. Okay. Right. 150 relationship and the truth is it's probably real based off of conversations bandwidth our memory all those things but social media all of a sudden has made that 10 times bigger maybe even 20 or 30 times bigger Mm -hmm. because we can now appear to all those people regularly enough that we hold the peace in their mind and so uh, i realize that this is slightly beating a dead horse but this is just trying to make sure we'll get how important it is and it's only growing every single morning when i pull out my phone i speak to a majority of the Orlando real estate community. And the truth yeah. is I'm just some guy in my house. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, you know, like let's just call it what it is. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's kind of the mindset All first. Right. So if we talk 150 relationships physically, right. person to person, but then social media, you have the opportunity to have, you know, tenfold that talk a little bit. Tell us why, why the importance that if I truly have 150 friends, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that many of us on Facebook start it somewhere around that, that zone. Probably so, yeah. what's the, sure. impo- what's the importance of how do I go about building my, my sphere or my friends? And, and how do I go about friending, you know, different people sure. via Facebook? Like, for example, like, uh, I mean, Aaron, you, like, you can do speak you of friend this. people you've you got, don't actually know? You've got 5,000 friends. My guess is you're, you're, you're taking and maybe taking 10 or 20 off For every week years. and adding, right? And uh, it, honestly, it makes me regret that I never valued Instagram uh, to be out because now I'm realizing I could have 50,000 people or something. Instead, I'm, I'm, I'm at 5,000 and deleting people once in a while. But, um, but, but you, you asked me three questions in there. The, so the first one is the how. Um, you said the what and the how, right? So, uh, and the why. So you said like, why does it matter if they get in front of more people than 150? And let's just use math really fast. Let's yep. say you're in real estate right now. Three or every year, 8% of people, statistically speaking, 
are looking to buy or sell a home. So the average person knows at least 300 people by name, and that's a 20-year-old study that I'm quoting. That study is probably way higher because of social media. Now, yeah. this study is before social media. Average person knows 300 people by name, though, based off whatever study that was a long time ago. 8% of that means 24 people in your network are going to buy or sell every year. That's probably tenfold at this point. But let's just say 24 people in your network are going to buy or sell. The average person didn't get 24 closings off of referrals last year. And so – that alone and the people who did have much bigger networks probably so the truth is their their percentage is still higher um they probably can do the math and if they did sell 24 homes they probably have an eight percent that would have equaled 100 or you get the idea yep. and so mathematically speaking that's pretty obvious so for lenders agents that is like the proof is in the pudding and we can go a step further to like what i used to pitch back in the day only only what eight percent of people have their realtors name and yes. number after two years, right. only 2% of people remember their builder. I want to say it's two or 3% remember their builder. And it's only 13%. 12% can name their realtor. 13% can name their lender. So y'all notch them by a, a little bit. Woo, you right. the money. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but only 8% have the name and phone number. So again, all of these things, when you go back that you need to stay in front of them because they might not have your name and phone number, the yeah. odds are that they don't. But if you pop up in front of them again and again and once in a while, then you're top of mind when it does come time to either buy or sell or refer you. And we're not even taking into account. So you know 24 people in your circle that should buy or sell this year, right? Based off those stats that we already agree are probably way higher now. Yep. Each of those people know how many people though. They have at least 300 in their sphere. So if you were to do the math, um, that th it's, it's 7,200. 7,200 transactions a year are only basically one direct referral away based off wow. of really old studies before wow. social media started and before we were in a real estate frenzy. So um, you get the concept. I don't know what the math is today, but we probably wouldn't believe yeah. the numbers if we could see them. Yeah. So Aaron, do you recommend, like, should, should I just- Who do we friend? Yeah, who do we friend? Yeah. Like, does it matter if we've met them or if we haven't met them? Um, it matters. Well, well, let's go a step back. Okay. So that's the, that's how what matters is who you are being online. That is the most important thing is who you're actually being. So like there is a, one of my, one of my mentors when it comes to social media, Ryan Stuman, he talks a lot about the, he calls it the attractive character, but like, there's all sorts of ways to call it. It's like, who do people see when they go to your page? Who do they see? What do they see you as? Who are you being? And to, there's two sides of it. One is who do you want them to see? And then the second side is how congruent can that be with who you actually are? So like you have to work on who they're seeing both in like how it's being seen and then also like who you're actually being. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So like for me, I try to have it be like, they use that, I'm sure you've heard that analogy of like all the rooms of your house being all the hats you wear. Like when you can get knocked down the walls and have one room, everything becomes easier and you have more power behind your relationships. And so for me, I try to, for the most part, it's not, it's never perfect. I try to be like the same person online that I am in person, but I also try to make sure the person you see online is a person that if we met in person, you would connect with. Okay. So I don't have BS or spam or crap on my wall. Uh, people should think about what is their profile picture. If you don't have a photo of yourself, you you are doing it. You're already killing. You're already killing your social media. Nobody trusts someone that can't see their face. And the only people. This is this is a, a test for everyone here. The next time you see a troll online, or the next time you read a comment, you're like, "What the hell was that?" Or someone's trolling. 
or someone's talking trash, I can almost guarantee that person has no profile picture yep. or vice versa. Next time you see a person with no profile picture or it's like their dog or it's like they're hiding behind someone else's face because they won't say something to you in person that, you know, that yeah. they won't say yeah. something they would say in person. So, um, so number one is have your actual photo, like at your actual face. Like don't be your daughter or your son because I'm not going to friend a nine-year-old girl. Like you get what I'm saying? It's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I know it's funny, but there there are probably like lenders in your company that have their daughter. You're, you're, you're gonna be right. Correct. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know. So like, just saying, or their dog. They right. have their dog. Your dog might be cute, but I'm not looking to meet more dogs. So <laughs> having your face builds more trust and credibility and familiarity. Like I want people to know my face when and know my name. And the truth is, you're only seeing me in person and being reminded my name in person so often. I'm doing a really good job of it on the internet, though. Um, I, I've never run into you, Brian, and had you not know my name. Now you're really good with names, but if I didn't have a Facebook, I'm pretty sure that like the second or third or fourth time we ran into each other, you would have been like, yeah, that's that guy that was selling the knives. You would have <laughs> been like, that's Aaron. And I would have not been like, that's Brian. I would have been like, yeah, that's the guy. He's, he's got his sling in the morning. He's really cool. You know, like it's a little handsome different. dude. Card is green. Yeah. You don't want to be that. And, and most real estate people have fallen into that. They don't have their name, their number, or their face in front of their network often enough. So the people remember liking their agent. 83% of people remember liking their agent enough to say they'd use them again. Only 12% can name that person. Wow. So right there, 70 that's actually 74%. So that's almost three out of four people that enjoyed their experience with you. If you're not doing a good job on social, they don't remember who they can't you, find you. you are. They just remember enjoying it. Yeah. So, so that's why it's important. So how do we do it? So a couple things. Number one is you have to show up every day. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not perfect. But the, the thing you have to do is show up every day. Every day you have an opportunity. And every, it's almost like a window in, the, in New York City, in the front, in, in like the tra- like heart of New York City where people are walking by and thousands of people are going to walk by every morning. Imagine being a shopkeeper who doesn't open your doors and doesn't put – can I cuss on this? <laughs> yeah, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't put stuff in your window. Someone who doesn't put stuff in the window and just lets like a hundred thousand people walk by and drive by that day. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. Thousands of people in your local community are getting out of bed, rolling over and checking this before they look at their partner's face. You're right. Plenty of people are going straight to the bathroom and going through their phone. Plenty of people like are playing on their phone while they're going to sleep. They're playing on their phone before while they're driving. They're playing on their phone while they're doing everything yeah. other than the thing they're supposed to be doing. While they're watching their kids, they're usually not watching their kids. They're on the phone. Let's be honest. So you have an opportunity to show up right here where everyone else is looking several times a day and several, if I was to say it, windows of the day. Because I'm going to guess a productive LO and realtor isn't looking all day. So, and it's yep. free. Give us- so for me, it's a, it's a, I have to show up in that window often enough with relevant enough content that matches why they're looking at their phone at that time. So, yeah. so give just, us, give I'll, us the breakdown up, but- of like the times to post and what content you should be posting. Let's do it. You know, so let, let's talk about why people look at their phone at different times a day. Let's, let's think about it. Why does, what does someone want in the morning? There's only a few things they want. They want news, updates, information, or where am I going? Some to kind lunch? of inspiration, motivation, yeah. something, right? Yes. They need they need their coffee, if you will, right? So to eat, so I'm up there, like I try to be because I'm up early and I'm super fired up and motivated. I try to be like the lightning rod or that fire. Like yeah. they say, if you let yourself on fire, people come to watch you burn. Yeah. I try to burn every morning 
in front of everyone I can, you know, like yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be on fire. I'm going to post something that they can get inspiration, whatever motivation. But imagine if I posted that at five 30 or six o'clock in the afternoon, kind of run if down I was like, your get up early, yeah. you'd be like, shut up, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I hate that guy. Why is he so motivated? I just want to go to sleep. So, um, so motivating people, also people go on at, for entertainment at different times of the day. So when people are online at the very end of the day, like in the, and again, my ideal client's a real estate agent, so it's different. Most of the people watching's ideal client is a consumer that works, that's an employee and they have a very different schedule. An employee is gonna be checking on their lunch break, right? In the morning, they're running around to get their kids to stuff and doing things. Um, maybe they might appreciate like a story better in the morning, like about you in the lunch line or in the car line, not the lunch line, but like those things would resonate more with families. For me, my people are salespeople and entrepreneurs and I'm a single guy with no kids. So I don't tell like stories in the morning. I tell it motivation. I, uh, throughout the day, I'm either asking questions. I'm, um, posting thoughts. Sometimes I'll hit them with a few more stories or I'm telling stories, but basically at some point in the day, they're only on their phone for entertainment. Yeah. And we're basically a channel that needs to entertain them. We shouldn't be venting. That's another one. A lot yeah. of people, they vent, people will watch a train wreck, right? Yes. But they don't stop for a train wreck and it doesn't have a lot of influence. So you don't want to be a train wreck. Just keep that in mind. Train wreck will get you attention, just the wrong attention. So, so you've got to make sure that you're showing up at the right time of day. So we would evaluate who's looking at different times of day. So a couple other things, who's looking at the end of the day. There's a window of like uh, seven to nine-ish, somewhere in that range. Yep. Could be shorter. That's going to be like the evening people. They, they're they they're looking to be entertained or get ready for tomorrow. Yep. They're winding down. That's where you might post your thoughts. And if you are a late night poster, have you ever seen the page 3 a.m. thoughts? No, no. That's where like deep thoughts or relational things or things that like are for people that are up at night because they – aren't yeah, sleeping yeah, well yeah. would be perfect. So if you're going to give okay. some advice, you're going to get the idea. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. these are the things you want to analyze different times a day, that hit to different people, and then use your platform. And if it's not working, you're either not in front of enough people connected wise, or you probably need to study copywriting and work on your actual writing. Aaron, so far in none of that, did you sell anything? Right? So you just went through okay. like, hey, this is the times of the day. This is what I would do. None of those posts from what I just took away from that say anything okay. about what you do. Let me let me uh, let me do a better job answering that question, even though I think you're you're pointing at something, but I'm misleading a little bit. Okay. The time that you would sell would be after six PM. Okay. If you if I was an internet, if I had something to sell online, I would be hitting people at the end of the day, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock, I'd be giving them a long form thing or telling them about something we're doing, and then boom, here's how you get in. Okay. So yes, you can sell. And I would recommend you do it when people are willing to whip out their credit card, which is when they're not busy doing other stuff. They're not trying to get their day started and they're not barely checking while not being there. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. The only time you're going to get me to pull my credit cards out is, well, I'm a little different, but most people are only going to do it at the end of the day or yeah, when they're night. sitting face-to-face yeah. -face with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I want to be fair. It's not saying that you can't ever sell but I don't sell during the day and I don't recommend it. Yeah. Okay. So, so one thing you talked about, I mean, somebody looking to start social media or engage in it, you talk about showing up every day, but not only do you, do I have to show up every day, it's multiple times a day. So I, I know one of the takeaways that I got at your social media class a couple of years back was, you know, post like early mid morning, maybe nine thirty ish, 
post again at lunchtime, maybe where you're going to lunch or tag, you know, tag where you're eating. Again, maybe, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon when you catch people a little dozing off in work. And then again, as you touched, uh, maybe sell something or put something of what you do between Absolutely. 7 and 9 p.m. So and at least at least once or twice well per day, like like if yep. you're too at least once or twice hit two windows. But um, and, and where I want to go with that and the importance of like having a lot of friends and, 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 and people that your reach on social media. So if I'm, you know, like I struggle with what, like the LOs that have maybe 300 friends and they think that's amazing, right? They're on Facebook with 300 friends and I'm posting content every day. And I say, well, I'm only reaching 15, 20, maybe I think only 20 or 30 people. How come sure. everyone in my Facebook friend group is not seeing my post? They're not engaging with enough people. So, so there's a few things. I, we don't have time to go into all of them because I'm teaching it for three hours. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, they're looking at weight, affinity, and time decay. That, those are the three things they're always looking at. Weight is how much uh, energy is put behind a post. Weight means how much time and influence and effort is put into a thread. So what that means is how long did you spend typing your stuff and how long did the other people spend looking at, reading, scrolling through, typing, and responding, and how often do they check back? That's essentially the weight behind a post, right? It also probably helps if a person with extra clout adds to that weight, but you get the concept. Affinity is how much they have in common or how connected they are. So affinity is looking at how often do you talk to that person? How often do they talk to you? How often do they look at your page? How often do you look at their page? How quick do you do all this? Like Facebook knows that the second this girl drops a photo that you're liking it. You know, it knows yep. Yep. Uh, that you don't take more than 10 seconds to do it. And it shows it to you first then. Um, it's looking at all these types of things. And obviously that's not what you're doing. I'm just using a funny example. But um, it, it's looking at all the things that show connection. Yeah. How often are you DMing? How often are you commenting? Oh wow! And then the last one is time decay. How fast is this happening from the last uh, initial time? So basically it's a shot clock when it's first posted and then it's reset when someone comments again or engages again. So here's why all those matter. The way that it matters is you're not, people aren't doing enough to move those needles. So if they're not seeing.